So you spend all that time and energy putting your marketing plan together. You've got the right goals, the right activities, and the right owners. Everyone's on board with it. And then you let people start running with everything. But it's only a matter of time before your plan gets turned upside down and you need to pivot. And when you need to pivot, you have to pivot fast. On DGU this week, we're giving you an inside look at how we're adjusting our own plan to refocus what we're working on as a marketing team. Demand Gen U is officially in session. Let's do it. All right, so what we're not going to talk about on this episode is how to use your MacBook and iPhone properly because Jason doesn't know how to do that with the text notifications that are still coming in, even though he's got Do Not Disturb on. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I It's failing me. I have. <laughs> so if somebody knows why this is, DM me. I've got focus time on on the MacBook. but and, I, and then I have messages quit. The messages app isn't even on. And it, my son texted me and it still dinged. And it's like, it showed up in my notifications and Mark's trying to read something. And it's like, so yeah, if somebody knows how to use a MacBook better than I do, let me know. How can I make sure that focus time actually doesn't send me notifications? Oh, it was amazing. Like literally as we were recording the intro for this episode, Jason goes, all right, I've got everything muted. And right as I open my mouth to start the first word of the intro, I hear the ding and I just had a meltdown. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. I Can I, we just go back to paper and pencils? <laughs> I mean, great segue into what we're going to talk about, because I literally use a notebook and use this for a lot of my shit before I get it into Asana on marketing planning. So, uh, yeah, we can use paper and notebooks. <laughs> so before we jump into it, this was actually a suggested topic from one of the listeners. So thank you for this. I think your name was Carrie Murray. This is more timely than ever, just because it's something that we're going through right now as a marketing team. And I know that I can almost guarantee every other B2B marketing team out there is having to go through the same thing right now, which is how do you adjust your marketing plan during what's going on in the outside world right now? And it's a chaotic time and having a plan in the first place is a great start. But then when you have to readjust the plan and maybe readjust the entire plan, it is no easy or small feat. So we'll we'll let you know how we're doing it right now at Metadata and then what we're learning about it. Yep. And we all know this is planning is one of my favorite topics. And I'm so good at it. It's like, I don't even know why we talk about it because I'm so good at it, which is all a lie. Um, and it's not one of my favorite topics. I'm not that great at it. But again, there's probably, there'll be some nuggets in here you can learn from and learn from some of our, our mistakes as well. But I think the way we're thinking about it is right. Um, we think about it well, but sometimes I don't execute it super well. But yeah. No, I think if you, we've done probably two different episodes related to planning. I think one a while ago and then one a few episodes ago to talk about the current plan that we are adjusting right now. So I think before we jump into what we're doing, let's just talk uh, like a quick refresher about our Q4, Q1 plan. We did a previous DGU episode on this, so we're not going to bore you with the entire thing, but we, you did a much better job the second time around with the Q4, Q1 plan. So what'd you do? Yeah, what was nice is we had, it took the first time we built a plan, like a real formal plan. A lot of the back and forth with our CEO was because we didn't have, we didn't have a format at all. We had no format to start with. I'm constantly trying to, bounce between enough content, but too much content for Gil. There's a sweet spot in there somewhere. 
And so a lot of the back and forth the first time was like just trying to get to the format. And then even once the format's right, then even like the granularity of what you put in to each goal. Like, I know we had to go back and forth on, well, hey, everything in this column needs to be measurable. You know, okay, gosh, go back. How do we turn these into measurable? Well, some we can't, you know, so it was just a lot of that back and forth. And so coming into the second one, we just had that experience. And so we had the format was locked. We used the same format. So we had a lot of that stuff just already done. And so we could fold into it. But the rest of the process was still the same, the priorities, the goals, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we did that. We built a Q4, Q1 plan, which is a weird time frame, right? But it was just because we've been working on the 2022 and it had gotten stale. And we just got to this point where we're like, all right, we need to replan. But at the same time, we didn't want to try and plan for a year because that would just be ridiculous in this environment to be like, oh, yeah, Lumen recession, stock prices are all over the place. I know exactly what's going to happen a year from now. Like uh, barely, I mean, and as we'll talk about today, that was a Q4, Q1 plan. We're in the middle of Q1 right now. We're already adjusting it big time. We're like taking another crack at it. So yeah, that was the first one. It took way longer to get done. Sorry, the second one took way longer to get done than we wanted it to. But we also took a, another step and we socialized it more with the rest of the company too. And so that was something we didn't do the first time. It was just really us and Gil. And then the other thing we did better the second time is we, at least I keep, and I know you do too, we keep cracking it open to make sure, okay, are we still, are we working on the things we thought we were going to be working on? Is there anything in here we're missing or that we're not thinking about? There's still a lot of room for improvement. And we'll talk about that as we talk about what we're doing now. And I think the one thing that I would add that you didn't talk about was this. So the first plan that we put together just lived in the Google Doc and we would right. refer to it occasionally, not as often as we needed to. But the second plan that we put together, we very quickly put into Asana and then everyone on the team made sure that their big goals were in Asana, the big projects that they were working on, all of the activities were in Asana. And then based on the different fields that we were using, we had rolled everything up to what was in the plan. So it was a beast of an effort to do that. I think it was needed for us. We're still improving and getting better at how we use Asana, but that was a noticeable change compared to when we went through the planning process last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, there's still room for improvement, but it was nice kind of cascading from those goals into Asana. And I think that also helped us make sure that we're still working on the things we thought we were going to be working on. And yeah, we didn't do a great job at protecting the plan. I will say that. So we did let a lot of new things in. But we're hoping this time around, uh, we're going to have a solve for that too. So let's talk about that. When did the light bulb go on for us that we needed to have a second planning conversation based on what was coming in and probably me annoying you and other factors too? But when did that light bulb go on for you? I think it was like, it, it very related to what we were just talking about. It was like, hey, we were executing on this. Q4, Q1 plan. And, but then we had all these things coming in sideways that we didn't expect. And so then we started working on those things. And then it was like, now we've got this combination of things. The original plan should have taken up 70% of our time. That should have been, that was more than enough for us to get done. But then we started adding everything else. Then it was like, what's a priority and what's not? How does this fit in? And I didn't do a good job of like taking the plan and continuing to morph it. Okay, here's how we're progressing. I never set up 
reports and things like that to show like every metric in here and how we're progressing to it so that I could always have that conversation with Gil. It was almost like, hey, here's what we're working on. Is this right? Yep, go do it. And then we started to head down and do it. And so I think we just got to this point where it was like, okay, there's enough stuff that we're doing off plan. We're still trying to do the stuff on plan. We don't know what to say no to. We don't know what's a priority. So the best way to work yourself out of that is to basically just build another plan. And so that's that was in my mind. I don't know if you saw something different, but that's what was in my mind. No, I think everything was was being treated as is the wrong word, but from people outside of the marketing team, everything was being talked about as a high priority. And if everything is a high priority, then you don't have any priorities because they can't all be high priorities. So I think based on what you just said, and then that feeling of being, I don't know, it was almost helpless. It was like, there's so much going on. I want to do all the things. It's not a matter of that. We all want to do all the things. But even if you barely slept, like there's not enough time to do all these things. And I think yeah. it was that feeling where then I started to speak up to you and said, hey, I want to do the work, but something's got to give here because we can't do all of this right now if there's 25 priorities for the team and they're all competing for one another. Yeah. And the North Star, we didn't have a North Star anymore, or we really didn't. We had one in the beginning and then it quickly went away. And so we didn't have this thing to be able to point back to and say, hey, no, that's great. Love your request. Sounds good. Sounds like something we should do. Tell me which of these things we should not do. Is there anything else in here that we're already working on or that we're planning on working on that's a higher, this is a higher priority one of these things? So we didn't have that. And I think that was one of the biggest things where especially with a really fast startup culture uh, without the ability to say, this is a concrete view of what we're working on. And this is where Mark's working on this. Alex is doing this. I didn't have that. And so I couldn't adequately defend saying, well, we are already working on too much. Cause like, well, what is it? It's a lot, you know, here, look at Asana. Trust you me. Know. Yeah, exactly. Just look at Asana. There's a bunch of stuff in there, but I never got agreement that like, hey, this plan is locked. And if we add new things, we have to take something off of the plan. And so I think that's partly how we got to where we got. And I think before we jump into it, what you just described and what I would often have to do when people outside of the marketing team would come to me is say no. And saying no is an awkward feeling it's uncomfortable you're not used to saying no like you want to be looked at as the person or the team that's doing your part for the company and helping everybody out but it's a very uncomfortable position to be in because you don't want to tell someone no i can't do something you want to help them and that we're learning how to do that well i think you know we'll talk about it here in a little bit but you got to have a, a a plan to show people, hey, if this is what you're requesting, then something's got to give here. Yeah. And this is what the team is all working on right now, is having a better, clearer view into that. And then it should make it easier. It should make a lot of this a lot easier where it's, oh, okay, yeah, let's look at this. We think it might have a bigger impact than the stuff we're already doing. There is a route for yes, great, yes, but then let's stop doing this thing. That it's That this has a little bit more benefit or more potential benefit. Then this other thing that we're already working on, great, let's stop working on that and let's bring this in. Or the, or the opposite of that, which is, oh, we'll just at least have something to map. Oh, a new request comes in. Oh, let's look at 
this compared to what we're already working on or plan to work on? Is it more important or not? And then we can make some trade-offs. And this is partly my job morphing into more of the like leadership and managing up and that kind of thing as well. And like less in the weeds, like I like to be, I think I'm more needed at that level now of like just keeping things more straight, more formalized, more less chaotic, I guess. So let's talk about the goals for the company, because I think the goals changed a little bit. If you were to ask Gil what the top three goals were for the company and for marketing in November compared to when I asked him that question straight up in, what was that? Probably January, February timeframe. So what are the goals for the company right now that we're trying to ground everything against? Yeah, it's really just, it's very simple. It's net new pipeline and it's renewal rates. <laughs> and that's really the, especially now when we don't have a bunch of extra resources to do a bunch of other things, those are really the two guiding KPIs. It's good and it's bad. And I say good because we at least have a sense of what we need to do as a company, but it's bad because if you think about it, most things can roll up to those yeah. no matter what like it's, you yeah. think about it. It's the, I think it's the two priorities that every single company has or like subscription, like SaaS company for sure. So yeah, it's not super helpful or meaningful to be like, this is the, now knowing that GRR is more important than net new, it's like having those priorities is helpful. So there is a little bit of that, but when it comes to like cascading goals down into teams and stuff, these two numbers are not super helpful. It's just, this is the number everybody. And so if you're a product team, engineering team is okay. How do I, how do I map to that revenue number or the renewal number? There's ways, of course, building more product and better product can help renewal rates. But, but like you said, literally everything, oh, we got to clean the toilets next week. Yep. That helps pipeline. People didn't have a clean toilet to go. It's like literally everything. You that, could. Was a good, that was a good pipe joke. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Everything <laughs> you can roll up to that. And yeah, so it's not super helpful just to have like, Hey, money. Money is the money is the goal. Oh, thanks. Super helpful. <laughs> and when you've got a small team of six right now and pipeline, net new pipeline is one of our biggest goals. Everyone has a bunch of things on their plate that can roll up to pipeline. So I remember, I forget when it was, but when you, I think first had brought this up to Gil, Gil had said, all right, tell me the top three to five things that everyone is working on the marketing team, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we had a, we do a sprint planning meeting every other week. And I think it was during one of those meetings where you'd said, Hey, all right, come up with what you think your top three to five priorities are as a marketing team member, get them into this Google doc. You and I had went back and forth on it. And then I think you had a follow-up meeting with Gil and you showed that to Gil. So how did that meeting go? What did that conversation look like? Yeah, this is where it gets, this is where it gets fun and interesting. I had a lot of data ready to go for that meeting. Here's the top three to five for each person. Here's what I think the top five are for our, just the whole marketing team. Here's what I think we should not be working on. And it was too much, I think, in one doc. And so we bounced around. We started like going through my top priorities first and just rat hold on a couple of those. And it was like, we're going to do this for every single person. We're going to be here for three hours. So I was like, let's just 
bubble it up to the higher order one, like just where is marketing focused right now? And I tried to lay it out in a way that wasn't like trying to over inflate, you know what I mean? Like what we're working on. I just tried to be as clear and as concise as I could, but just show the number of different things we were trying to do at one time and, and showing that we didn't have anything in the backlog. Everything is just in the current log. It's like, we're trying to do it. If the idea is here, it just goes right into the top. It's like, there's no backlog. It just goes in. And so I was trying to show them that. And it was like, you know, it didn't really help much, I would say. And so then it was just kind of like, well, go back, figure out what, you know, and I had some things in there that were dropping off the plate anyway. And he's like, hey, take these off. And he did try and go through. And we, I just said, hey, I just need help with priorities. And we did start going through and he did try and help take some thing off the plate. It wasn't incredibly helpful. Like a lot of the things were just like, no, we can't not do that. And, or this is almost done. So let's just finish it out or, or. Well, to interrupt for a sec. Also, when we look at that list and I wish we could share it out, but I don't want to give away everything that we're doing. <laughs> if we're honest with ourselves when we look at the list, you'd be like, yep, that's a, a good thing to be doing. Yep. That's good. Yep. That's good. And then you make your way down the entire list and you're like, I haven't said that there's a bad thing yeah. in here yet. So yeah. then how yeah. do you have that conversation of no, we shouldn't be doing this. That is. And, and. And here we are. <laughs> no, and that's exactly what we're trying to do now. And I honestly, this time I have help from a mentor that also meets with Gil regularly. And we're kind of, I don't want to say teaming up. That's the wrong word. But we're, he's trying, he's helping me put this into a format that shows ex like, hey, we're not even, so if our number one goal is pipeline, and we're not even hitting that goal right now. You know, we're not, it's not like we're pacing at 105% of our pipeline goal. We're probably like 70% right now. And so the message now and what I'm helping get curated from my mentor is like, until we have these primary things like going really well and we're pacing at like 90 plus percent towards the goal, this has to be our only focus. And it's not just pipeline, right? Because pipeline is, again, you can't just say pipeline is an output and this, you know, part of what I'm learning as well. But it's like, what are all the things that we could be doing that could be helping pipeline, you know, and that could, and, and there's a finite number of things, right? You can get better. You can improve your return on ad spend. You can, can, you can drive more people to your website. You can convert more of those people to a, to a demo or a lead. You can, make your funnel more efficient. You can go and interrogate your funnel and see where that is. And you can do some standard CRO. There's a finite number of things you can do to help pipeline. And what I'm trying to present now is here are the five things that can move pipeline in the short term. These are going to be the focus areas and putting metrics on those. So like increasing this by 2x, increasing this by 5% or whatever. And every single one of those is very measurable. It is very related to pipeline. It's related to the things we can control. And then we basically, from there, we have the initiatives that we're working on that are going to hopefully feed those. And so by taking that approach, I'm hoping that, and then at the end of this are going to be, and here's all the things that we're working on that don't fit into these things. We need to make sure we're okay not to focus on these right now, unless, or again, until we are pacing better on these core metrics and we're seeing movement in all these things that we know need to help, need to change to influence pipeline. Until we do that, these things are off the table. Now, before, because this is, we're still in the middle of this right now, and I think we're, we're not out of this adjustment phase yet, but 
these conversations that you've been having with your mentor, what has he been suggesting that we strip away? You don't have to get to the tactic level, but you know, I know that you've shared with me is like, this is still too much. And you thought it was a trim down list that we were showing him. Yeah. His approach is come in with the, mo the minimal number of things that you think are the priority that will help move these numbers. The minimal number of things, like three things for each of these at the most. And let's start there and let that be the conversation starter. Like no one can really argue. I don't think we'll see. No one can really argue like, hey, if these are the top company goals and marketing, you influence these in this way, that unless these things are working pretty consistently, that has to be the focus. Again, like a lot of the things that we do, almost everything should at some point be trackable, trackable to revenue. But there's things that are long term. There's things that are short term. There's things that we might want to start thinking about because they're happening in six months, but we don't have to. And so it's not like a lot of things we're going to cut are still things that would help pipeline, but they're just in our analysis of all the things that we can do, they either take way too much effort or they're not going to affect it in a short enough time frame. And those are the things that we have to focus on. And so, yeah, I'm hoping that he's just really pulling everything back and trying to strip it down to be very, I tend to go overboard and have every single thing in this. And I think that also can overcomplicate things. So he's just, let's just keep it very trim. Let's get agreement on the basic things first. And then we'll go from there. And, and then he's also, he's going to, we're actually going to present it to Gil together and see how that goes. So I think there are two other factors in play here that make this challenging. I think the number one factor is with Gil and with most CEOs out there, this isn't just unique to Gil. There's always, let's do more. It's not enough. We need to be, we need to do more. And he really pushes us in that regard. So that's one thing that you have to listen to and satisfy. The other thing, which I think is a little more unique to you, is how you plan for the most part, and it's kind of changing now. You like to get a lot of things started and then let momentum then dictate what drops off and then what you focus on. So, you know, to use round numbers here, let's start 25 things at the start of the quarter and We'll learn things that then help us realize, hey, you know what? We're not ready to do that. Some things we'll see, get some early success, so spend more time there. And then that list of 25 comes down to, you know, 15 or maybe 10. And that, both of those things does not mesh with the approach that your mentor is proposing here. So it's, there's a lot of other stuff in play. It's not just as simple as, hey, go to your CEO with the three priorities for each particular person. Yeah, exactly. It's so nuanced. And that's why, and I think some CEOs will oversimplify it because they're not, but it, it can be helpful though, too, because they want to see it at a 35,000 foot level, right? And you're in the weeds, you're down at like the one inch level. And, but at the same time, then like our CEO still wants to understand some of the weeds and it's like, it's okay, well, what's the right level of weed, you know what I mean, to show you? Uh, is it the super potent sativa weed or, oh wait, that's not the right <laughs> So this is Joe Rogan's <laughs> podcast. So what I'm starting, so here's, here's what I'm, the opinion I'm starting to form is that in past iterations of this, we're putting all the things on the, like the time horizon is still fairly long. It's two quarters. It's a quarter, two quarters. We get stuff done pretty quickly. We execute really well. So we can execute something, might get this done in two weeks. This might take a month. This might take six weeks, three weeks. So we've got all these different timeframes of things and levels of effort. 
But when we don't calendarize it and we just put it all in a plan, then it looks like way too much. And I think that's part of the problem is that, oh, okay, these are all the things we want to do in the next six months. Six months is especially the startup. Six months is two years, it seems like. And if you don't calendarize it, then you look at it and you're like, oh my God, that's way too much. And sometimes, and then even I get in the bad habit of trying to think about what do I think we can do versus what I think Gil will accept. And then I tend to compress it too much sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, we can do this month and then this in two weeks from now. And I don't give them enough time. And so I'm hoping to like somehow present it in a slightly different way that's also calendarizes it. You know what I mean? That's like, okay, these are all the things, but now this is like this month and then this is that month so that our team can even see, okay, how did that spread out over time too? And I think that'll hopefully help us get some agreement too, because I can still have a lot of things on there, but they're spaced out over six months instead of a lot of things that are, we're trying to just like first in, first out. I'm just trying to get it through it. Now, one of the concepts that I love, and I know that you're starting to use by way of this planning process is this concept of guardrails. So what are some of the guardrails that, that you have in your mind or that you've talked about with Gil when it comes to planning? Let me see. I'm going to well, give you a little hint right here. Yeah. So yeah, help me outline help me on this one. Resources. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's all, there's other levers in the plan, right? You have to, you can't just be like, Hey, agnostic of our resources, this is everything we should do. Cause then the list is just enormous and egregious. You also have to know who you have on the team, right? So if you don't have an event marketing manager, then events probably shouldn't be like one of the primary things that you've got on the plan, right? And so you have to say, well, what resources do I have? What are we good at? What are we not good at? How much budget do I have for certain things? Cause it's got to map to the, at least generally map to the resources that you have available. And yeah, so there's going to be like, Hey, we don't have an events marketing manager. So events probably shouldn't be a primary um, approach for us for demand gen, for example. And but to use a real specific you know? example, just so people don't think we're talking broadly here, demand, our big event in October, Gil has his eyes fixated on a registration goal. And he was asking you, and then he was asking me, he's like, you know, how are we to the goal? Let's start driving registrations. Let's start promoting it. And we didn't even have an event brief yet done. I have it in my Asana right now. And I had met with Gil and I said, Gil, I hear you. I want to start promoting the event, but we actually have to have ideas around the goals for the event, the theme for the event, the content for the event, the speakers. People only sign up for events because of speakers. I hadn't done any outreach yet. So then I was on a wild goose chase for a couple of days trying to get speakers, which in hindsight, it's kind of funny because I straight up told them, I said, hey, I have no details right now. You got to trust me. We had these people speak last year and these people speak two years ago. Can I talk to you about this virtual event that's seven months from now? And they said, yeah, it was an interesting conversation, but it shouldn't be a focus right now because it's noisy for us if we're not meeting the pipeline goal. Yeah. Yeah. And like that demand event will influence pipeline in three quarters, well, two quarters from now. But I don't even have a clear line of sight of how I'm going to get this quarter and next quarter's pipeline number done. And so, again, if I had all kinds, if I had every resource available, sure, awesome. Demand is a full year planning cycle because like that's how it is at a lot of companies. One big major event a year, it's a, a whole team on it. We don't have that. We don't even have an events person anymore. I know this is your event. Like 
we don't have a specific oh no 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 dedicated. you're not offending you, anyone like you literally need an events person for yeah. that to do all the stuff that i am not even remotely close to qualified to be doing <laughs> but there's that there's that challenge so i think we'll get it right here at some point so hopefully this round will be like wow that actually worked really well look at this we're we got a plan we like it's calendarized a bit we're like reporting on our progress every week or every month i'm looking forward to it it's, it's a little bit more formality than i thought we needed but at this point i'm like no we need i think we need it so there are two other things that i want to talk through as it relates to the priorities and they are level of effort and potential impact how do you look at those things when you're having this conversation with gil and with your mentor yeah you've always got even if you're trying to like hey three to five priorities you're often going to have so many more ideas in there than you can execute on and so you need a way to triage, score, prioritize your priorities. <laughs> uh, and let's say we had 10 ideas for how to improve return on ad spend. Well, we can probably do three to four of them. And so I just like to use the simple, like low hanging fruit approach, which is which of these have the highest impact and the lowest effort. And you can score them. You can do like a level of effort score and then a possible impact score and just multiply those together, get an index. And now you can just order things by a scientific number. I like to use that. I, we're not that scientific. I just like to think about it. Like it's pretty easy to see, like at a startup, like, yep, that'd be easy. And we think that'd have pretty good impact and we'll just handle them one by one by one. But that's a pretty easy way to take some of the things like, oh, no shortage of ideas here. Sometimes you don't have that. Sometimes you're like, well, we only have one idea. So that's like, all right, we're going to do that. But in some areas, you're like, man, there's 17 things we could do. All of them will probably have some impact. And so it's a way to help tease through those and figure out what to focus on. And then just put the rest in the backlog. They're probably also good ideas, you know. But again, you can't work on everything at once. What happens when you work on everything at once is nothing gets done in time. And so then it's not like it's... <laughs> You work on three things at a time, you close one out, you've got more time to spend on that thing, it gets done and can get used. If you're working on everything and you've got all these balls you're juggling and trying to walk forward at the same time, nothing gets done, everything gets done later. And so like, you don't have anything now that you can use like, oh, but all of a sudden in two months from now, I have seven things done. Well, that's not helpful. But now I have seven things all running at the same time or whatever, there's no like nothing spaced out. I got to measure these things now, depending on what they are. So that's just a very simple analogy of like why you want three things to work, three to five things to work on at any given time. That should be it, not four, three or five. <laughs> I can't use an even number and not seven, too many. Seven's too many. One, too few. So there you go. <laughs> five. So we're going to go off script a little here, but it's all related to the same topic. So we've got a new SVP of customer success and he started, I forget how many months ago. But he's come in and started making some requests of the marketing team. And I think many of the requests that have come in, I've been like, we've wanted to do that, or I've thought about it. The fact that you're asking about it makes me think that, hey, it might be a good idea. We want to do it. And there's just a lot of those right now. So having to have that conversation with him, at first we were just saying, no, it's not in the plan. But then you kind of had to rework your stance a little bit. And how did that conversation go about with him? Yeah. So for the longest time, so we had to let go of our customer marketing manager. And so I said to the leadership 
peers and team. I was like, hey, if we're letting this role go, just know we can't, and my resources are getting cut back, like my dollar resources are getting cut back. We have to focus in marketing on the thing that mar the company needs from us, which is driving that new pipeline. Yes, the company has GRR and NRR goals, but we have an entire team CS to ha handle that. So you guys need to handle this and we'll handle the marketing side. And so that worked for a little while. I was able to say, hey, we don't have a customer marketing resource, so we can't do it. But then Alan started and he started to see a lot of the content that we have on the website. He's like, all this stuff is so good, and but our customers don't understand it. And so at first I was like, sorry, Alan can't help you. Go get me more resources and then maybe I can, then let's talk. But again, you don't want to be that person because like Alan's over there trying to get his side to work and he needs some stuff from marketing that he can't, they can't do. And we wouldn't mm -hmm. want to necessarily do no. that. It's writing content, it's product marketing stuff. It's important stuff. Not that they can't do important stuff. That sounded horrible. It's important marketing stuff, I guess. That's what I'd say. And so we basically, I said, hey, I want to make sure we're always working on something for you. I said, I can't just have all of us work on everything related to renewals, but I want to make sure there's always a stream of, there's always work in progress, basically, on stuff that'll support you. I don't know how much that'll be. We'll make sure there's always something in the sprint, though. And then I created just like a request form for them to use. I was like, put all your requests in here, prioritize them. And then we'll basically triage and we'll pull one to two in every sprint and make sure we're working on it. But then I was like, at the same time, though, if you have requests that we can actually see a path to using that for net new, then that gets higher prioritized. Because then I'm like, great, we can now use this for net new and you can use it to kind of help renewals. And, we, and he identified some content like that and we're working on it now because I was like, great. Pinged you and the team. I was like, hey, can we use this stuff for net new? Put it on the website, it'll help people buy. Okay, cool. Sounds like a win-win. So let's do it. Also, it didn't help hurt that you were on a leadership meeting and they basically like, Gil and Alan told you, like, hey, this has to be a priority. All right. So two funny stories, one about this and then one related to something that we just talked about that I just got emails for. First funny story. So you asked me on short notice, can I fill in at the leadership meeting? No, I'm not. The whole, hold on. On. No, 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 no. That's not why I bring this up. But the one meeting that you asked me to sub in on, I don't know if they were like preying on me or what, but there were a bunch of requests that come in and I'm like, you know what? All right. I can see that being a good idea. I got to do it. I got to do it. Sure enough, that turns into five high impact, high effort requests that have been my life for the last couple of weeks. Yep. And yeah, it's just tough. So funny thing related to demand and me having to do speaker outreach for an event that I had zero details on. Two of my white whale speakers just got back to me while we're recording this episode. And I haven't opened the email yet, but I at <laughs> least got response from like big names. So Gil, if you're listening... Maybe you were right that you can start to get people interested to speak at an event with zero details. I hate to say that. <laughs> maybe we've done a good enough job with our brand. It doesn't hurt that we've done this two years in a row and we've had pretty good success. I'm sure that maybe helps, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll that. I'd be like one of those, what are they, Pokemon card opening things? Like, oh, what do we have in here? You know, open that email. Unwrapping. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to, as soon as we end this here in a sec, I'm excited to open one of them. I've asked him now three years in a row and he said next year, ask me again, next year, ask me again. If he Fingers says crossed. yes Fingers this crossed. time, then I might be pretty, pretty pumped. All right. Well, we are right at time, a little over time. Jason, this was helpful. I think what we'll have to do either a LinkedIn post or maybe a follow-up episode is just to talk through how this all shakes out with the revised plan and presenting that and getting to the right level of detail with Gil because we're further along in this process, but we're still not in the clear yet of actually adjusting the plan. Yeah, I should have a review on the plan with him next week. So fingers crossed and see how it goes.
Awesome. Well, hopefully you found some of this helpful. For those who are listening, I realize it's a little chaotic of what we're trying to figure out here, but I know that if we're struggling with this, it's probably something that other B2B marketing teams are struggling with as well. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you two weeks from now on Demand Gen U since we change up the schedule. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Demand Gen U. Demand Gen U is brought to you by Metadata, the no BS marketing OS. B2B marketers use Metadata's marketing OS to drive more revenue without all of the manual and repetitive work. From running paid campaigns to personalizing web experiences to optimizing everything to revenue, Metadata automates all of this. This means less time spent on low-value tasks and more time spent on strategy, creativity, and driving revenue.